Welcome to the IAB MENA podcast, where we delve into all things relating to the ever-changing world of advertising in the MENA region. Welcome to our episode where we bring you a live recording of a panel discussion that took place at an in-person event on the title How to Get Started with CTV in MENA, which went along with a launch of a white paper on the same title on the 4th of October 2023. I'm Richard Fitzgerald, the chair of the CTV uh, on IAB MENA task force. Our task force is an, a network for those in the CTV ecosystem to connect and to learn from each other and to allow others uh, looking to understand CTV as an environment where they can learn and implement. And the panel uh, that took place on that day discusses this white paper and our learning so far. Enjoy the conversation. Obviously, we had a lot of great, interesting learnings. For me personally, I think it's a little different from, from my peers. I ended up um, learning a lot of info about our market here. Uh, I've spent the last couple of years looking outside, talking to our studio partners, um, talking to the ad tech companies, um, uh, streaming companies and so on, and, and preparing for the next evolution um, of the product here. Um, and it was great to sort of bring that information to our peers and to the market and at the same time get a better understanding of, of, of what's going on here. Um, and just to, just to touch up on what Jonas brought up regarding all the different acronyms and definitions, yes, there are many. And CTV is a wide umbrella term, uh, which is under OTT, an even bigger umbrella term. And yes, you are right, Jonas, there are so many and we need to get rid of them. But you touched up and we had a conversation regarding pricing here and how we have a very small range of pricing. And um, because we're so late to the game with different bringing new products and new types of inventory, uh, we need to educate the market. We need to educate the agencies, the clients, even the media companies need to learn, you know, what is it that you're selling? What is it that you're buying? So I think as a start, we need to define those acronyms. We need those definitions. We need to educate what the products are and why the pricing is different and why it varies. So that, and then once you get to that point, yes, eventually once we get to the countries that you mentioned and we have that level of inventory, yes, of course, then we can narrow it down. And, and, and once, once everyone knows what they're buying, then we can keep it very simple. You're buying streaming, you're buying video inventory, and we take it from there. Uh, Mazam? So I think I'm kind of a bit opposite than you. You, you had very good experience in international markets. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, but part of my experience is in local markets. And I think the biggest learning for me is actually learning more about the international markets. And, you know, the biggest learning is, you know, how far behind we are in comparison to the other markets that they've, you know, they've really, that's quite impressive how much they've gone along the way. If you were to look at just some of the stats in the U.S., um, I think half of the households, the U.S. households don't uh, watch um, um, traditional TV. Uh, you know, this is complemented with roughly around an 88% uh, penetration in uh, connected TV devices in the US, roughly around 76 in the UK. Uh, and you know, if you were to, look, if you, you were to just compare where we are here in comparison to the US, uh, you know, there's way less CTV platforms, there's less reach. You know, we don't have much audience targeting capabilities in the US. You can target first party audiences, you have intent demo, there's so much targeting you do. Measurement is also advanced there. You can do BLS studies, you can do attribution, linking kind of the omni-channel, you know, journey. Uh, you know, for us, I think, you know, we still have a long way to go in summary, but it's quite exciting times. I think the first part today is to educate about everyone about the industry 
and how we move forward. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a pleasure to, it's always a pleasure to be part of an ecosystem which is always changing and so dynamic. And so it's good to be part of the discussion today on connected TV advertising. Two key learnings. Number one, data when it is in silos is inefficient, but when it is brought together unified, it can become very actionable for the industry. And that's what we as part of the task force we're working on to bring something that can be made useful for the industry. The second, it's very interesting, connected TV advertising, as you would all know, there's a lot of myth around it. There's a lot of perception around it. There's a lot of info needed around it. So book could be made around it. But I think when it comes to the opportunities, the capabilities, the collective learning as an industry that we can bring on the table, I think an entire library could be made out of it. For me as an advertiser, I have uh, obviously completely different learnings out of this. First of all, I, I learned that I can uh, turn TV advertising into a full funnel marketing channel, right? Which was not possible before. And this, this was absolutely fantastic. The second learning was that I have to have a proper creative strategy in place, right? Because I'm reaching the consumers in different stages of their journeys, which didn't happen before. We used to just tailor our our uh, our creative strategy based on the platforms. Now I have to have a properly thought through creative strategy across the board. So these are the main uh, the main learnings from the advertiser perspective. Um, and then Mazen and Hamid, tell us a little bit about the work that you've done on the ad pricing section. Um, walk us through the process and what were the inter interesting findings. Cool. I mean, when I started off, you know, when I started working on the task force, if I knew how much work this was required, I would have probably, you know, went into, a, you know, a different section probably because it was quite a complex process. You know, for me, that was fairly straightforward because there's, you know, a handful of OTT platforms predominantly on mobile, but looking at international markets because we need to set a baseline and to set a baseline you need to look at more mature markets and what they're doing to you know get a get, get a better understanding so we looked at pricing in uh, markets like the us uk and for the markets in europe and it, you know uh, basically you know there's a there's a few things we had to do uh, one is identify the top publishers of each of these markets and some of these markets are alien for us especially the local publishers so first we had to gather the publishers and then step two, we had to reach out to them. And some of the times we didn't have the contacts, so we had to reach out to our agency counterparts, just finding any connection that we have to gather all these rates. Once we did that, we we're basically sitting on a pile of a data dump of CPM prices by publishers. And the interesting fact in international markets is that there's no one price per publisher. Actually, the publishers have CPM ranges dependent on the targeting uh, variables and the factors. So some publishers, will have prices ranging from 20 to $60. So how do you work around this? So we had to do, we had to essentially set a certain, set certain caveats uh, and guidelines before we share the prices, uh, or else if we were to tell you that the prices are between 20 or $20, you know, that's not much helpful, right? So we needed to create, create some form of average, an average of what realistically you're likely to pay. Um, and the caveats were things around, you know, defining that the price is for video between 20 to 30 seconds because we noticed that uh, ad duration played a very big role. So 60 seconds uh, video is very different than 20 second pricing. Uh, audience targeting played a very big role. So there were different factors in play that we had to define. And my recommendation is when you go through uh, the, the paper, the white paper, and you're reading through the pricing, just 
carefully read through the caveats and definitions so that you get perspective on what these prices refer to and how they've been assigned. For Mina, it was you know, much simpler because one, uh, we understand the market. Two, there's less publishers to look at. And three, the CPM range didn't vary that much because we're still a, an ascent channel and there's not that much targeting you can apply. So, you know, comparing someone in the US, what goes from 20 to $60, and in MENA, you're likely to see a way narrower uh, price difference. And that made the exercise in MENA uh, quite much simpler. Yeah, just to expand on, on what Mazin just mentioned, you know, and again, touching up on what I mentioned earlier regarding the definitions, we saw that obviously you have a wide range of pricing, not only by type of products, which we don't have here, um, you know, whether it's AVOD, BVOD, uh, ad-funded SVOD, uh, addressable linear TV, long tail, OEM, you know, the list goes on and on. But so th there's a wide CPM range depending on what the inventory is. But then you will find that even in, in a specific publisher, like a, like a premium SVOD, we saw we were talking to them that, you know, their CPMs can range of entry prices of, let's say, $30, but they can go up to $150. That's a massive difference, depending, like Matt said, on, on targeting, TVC duration, content selection, geolocation. There's, there's lots of factors, but that's still a wide range considering the fact that here, you know, we're very, very limited in the range. And that range is not even for, you know, one type of publisher. It's for whatever we have available. So that was very interesting. We took on some very interesting learnings about, you know, uh, there was a topic, a hot topic of discussion here when Netflix was one of the last SVODs to enter the market. Everyone was talking about a $65 CPM. You might remember everyone was saying, oh, wow, that's crazy. Uh, agencies were recommending to their clients not to do it, not to take it. Um, luckily for Netflix, they still ended up selling out, I think. <laughs> so so it, it didn't matter because publishers want access to premium inventory. Um, but it's interesting that that's when we when we started to actually talk to some of these studios and streaming companies they told us they said no 65 dollars is, is no big deal like you said we can go up to 90 100 150. it's just that it was it was an entry price and that's what we found very interesting was that netflix was the, even though they were one of the last ones to enter the svod ad game they took a different approach to entering the market because when you're coming in on svod ad, ad light as jonas called it um, you're coming in with zero scale. So you're starting from fresh day one, signing up new users. You have very limited inventory. So they said, you know what? We're going to start right at the top. And as our inventory increases, the price comes down, which is what we saw by checking with the agencies in different markets. They, they came in at a $65 and then that entry price has been coming down. And then eventually they'll be just like their competitors and they'll have a, a very wide range. So, so we found out there was, there was some interesting stuff, which we've, we've gone through all this and, we, and we've given these examples. Uh, and they're on the white paper. I think most of the, the time-consuming part was CPMs and in the white paper, and even all the variables aren't even included. It had to be narrowed down um, specifically. So from an ad tech and, and advertiser point of view, what do you think about the CPMs that were mentioned in the white paper? And ca are they comparable to, to international CPMs? What, what do you guys think? Well, I believe it would be unfair to, to make this comparison, right, with international markets because they are completely different right from uh, from the consumer perspective and also from the availability perspective and also as a marketeer i do not necessarily label my channels as expensive or cheap because i have to look at the objectives i have right and each channel drives a completely different key metric for me if i am to to compare it with the international markets well they are there are many factors which will be unfair first of all is the inventory we have here 
and this drives a higher price here and there, but that I, I'm assuming is going to be corrected in time. And if I am to compare it to other channels I'm advertising on, maybe TV and YouTube would be the closest I can, I can get to. And it's definitely far cheaper and it brings far more benefits. Samaris? I think let's take a step back. Let's qualify the value and then arrive at pricing. I think when we are trying to build the industry and drive adoption for connected TV advertising, it's also important to compare and contrast its capabilities compared to traditional TV, understand the targeting capabilities, understand the measurability, understand the challenges, understand the pros compared to other cha channels as well, and then arrive at pricing. I'd highly recommend that when we are going through the document while the team has done an amazing work in terms of the pricing starting point for the industry, I think that's one section that I'll recommend everybody to arrive or read at last. Because it's important to build perspective of what connected TV advertising is. It's important to also understand that it has to be compared with traditional TV advertising and not mobile advertising, which in certain cases could be done because it is a digital medium. The second, uh, uh, I'd like to take an example and provide a numerical approach to this. Let's say, let's take uh, the cost of showing an ad to each one of us on traditional TV is $1. Okay, one, 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 it, the total cost of the campaign becomes $5 and the cost per impression becomes $1. This is traditional TV advertising, it's broadcast, you cannot control a lot of parameters on, that, on it. Let's move to connected TV advertising and let's assume that the target audience for the brand were only two, Mazen and Hamid. In the in case of connected TV advertising, you will be showing ads to only these two people. Your CPM, let's say, for example, goes up by 30%, it becomes $1.3. Your overall cost of the campaign becomes $2.6. Now compare and contrast it with the cost of traditional TV advertising. $5 total cost, $2.6 total cost, right? So, uh, but CPM, if I were to be looking at it as a media plan and I were, I were to be evaluating it, I would say, hey, the cost has gone up by 30%. Uh, is it right? So therefore, it's also important to look at it, the entire media planning in, uh, with a larger perspective, understand the capabilities and strengths. And right now, I've not talked about the subjective uh, value ads that Connected TV is introducing. Let me try scaling this uh, a little bit, make the campaign operate twice, okay? Let's say the campaign has to be run twice. The overall impression in traditional TV becomes 10 impressions. The overall impression in Connected TV becomes four. As an industry, aren't we asking the question, or are we not asking the question, what is the value or add of those six impressions which were served and is now the possibly the biggest cause of clutter in the industry? Aren't we asking questions, where is the advertising dollar getting lost? I think collectively as an industry before we, and therefore that's what I wanted to highlight, that before we even arrive at pricing, let's step back to understand the key highlights, key variables that control the value of connected TV advertising. There must be a reason why it is growing uh, and exploding in the uh, uh, developed markets and for our markets also the the more closely or let's say for example the higher understanding we have for the variables and parameters that control its outcome we'll be able to take a decision uh, uh, and understand the channel much more effectively. Thank you Summer. Um, speaking of CPMs and Mazen, uh, what were the key factors that influenced the CPMs that were included in the white paper? Yeah so I think you know to assess the rates assess the, the value of what you're going for. It's important to first understand what are the factors that influence pricing. And there's tons of factors that we saw just by analyzing MENA and international markets. Uh, the factors I'm going to list down 
Some of them might not apply necessarily to me now. Um, some of them might, might will. So as I go through them, I'll try to mention which ones do and which ones don't. Uh, the first part is the type of content, that how premium the content is, whether it's exclusive, first to air, most popular. This played a very big role in terms of the pricing. So you would work with one publisher, they'll be selling you a $50 CPM to, for certain shows, but $20 for other shows. That's a very important factor. In Mina, we might not likely see that case because there's limited uh, content in general that's available for advertising. Another factor is targeting. On average, we saw that layering an audience targeting or a contextual targeting uh, uh, increased the CPM by, by roughly around 20 to 20% of the baseline. Seasonality played a very big role, uh, especially in Q4. Some publishers priced their CPMs higher in Q4. Uh, we see this here as well in MENA uh, when you're looking at Ramadan. Uh, buy type played a very big role. Um, and to go back to what Jonas mentioned, when we uh, set the definitions and caveats uh, in the white paper, we only listed down fixed uh, and I/O pricing because it's easier and simple, uh, simpler to do when you know that this is a fixed price you would pay. Floor price can be sometimes misleading because it's subject to competition, subject to auctions. You can't really control how much you're likely to clear at, which is why we went uh, by defining uh, PG or direct IO as, as the pricing. Um, what else is there? Um, one more thing. Yes, yeah, so on price by market as well played a very big role. So some of the international markets, uh, international players who have uh, inventory in a lot of the markets like Netflix, for example, uh, they priced uh, the rates differently between markets. So Netflix and the US priced around $65. In the UK, it was priced roughly around $40. So that also played a very big role. Thanks, Fazan. Can I just touch up on the uh, on the pricing? Of course. Yeah, sorry. Uh, just going back to the discussion before, the regarding the pricing, just to give you the point of view of a, of a media or publisher, as we call it in this room, um, well, yes, there is this conception that we tend to have high CPMs here, even compared to developed markets. And I think that might be the case when you're talking about video on web. Um, but when it comes to what we've seen on CTV or OTT, that's clearly not the case for one. Um, logically, based on reality, uh, given how low the inventory is, uh, it would make sense for it to go higher. Um, and again, being a media company, I can tell you just looking at what's happening um, uh, in the US, if you look at the writer strike and everything else that's going on, and even in this OTT sphere, uh, you know, it's, it's a disaster right now is the reality. The, the studios are all, the apps are all changing their models. They're all raising their prices uh, every year. I, just this morning, I saw Netflix is again raising their prices. So it's still a disruption. And when you, when you, when you talk to those companies that are there and have been doing this for 10, 15 years, some of them, they're saying that it's, it's not working at these CPMs. It's, they're in a lot of trouble. So I think logically it's, it's, it's very important even if you want to compare, whether from a client side or agency side, one, don't compare uh, CTV CPMs to linear TV pricing because, linear t because CTV is the evolution of linear TV. Um, it's important to, if you want to do a comparison, to compare it to other video inventory that you're buying uh, online. And, and again, keep in mind that the pricing will go up. Like we're saying the price is high in other regions and, and very simply put, we have a very limited inventory here. And until uh, the companies come out and they bring their addressable TV products and the uh, premium ad funded SVOD products, you know, until that happens, obviously we have a lot of work to do. Thanks, Faz. Um, Samra, there's an interesting case study that um, Arab Yads ran for Nissan that's included in the CTV paper. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And it also mentions HomeSync Plus. Can you explain what that is? 
Yeah, uh, it's a very interesting case study and it all goes about bringing plurality on a singular device. Uh, there are many categories where if you look at the bottom of the funnel, even post-transaction, consumption happens by multiple stakeholders. Let's say, for example, travel and tourism people travel together. QSRs people order uh, food and delivery people are, uh, watch uh, watch content together and order together, right? So in this case, what we noticed was that the insight came out very interesting that how is it possible to trace it back right at the point of awareness? So if the consumption is happening together, there are multiple people making opinions about consumption, about your product and service. How do we trace it back right at the point of brand awareness? And that's where we felt that connected TV advertising becomes a very good fit. Now, while we had multiple targeting opportunities because of the signals that we received on OEM our partnerships with LG Ad Solutions, we executed on uh, LG uh, TVs. But apart from that, we also built something that was called Home Sync Plus. Now, as you know, the Home Sync Plus is made up of two words, Home and Sync Plus. It's basically an extension of the digital capabilities of TV. Home refers to the TVs or connected TVs in your houses. And Sync Plus refers to the engagement that you can create between TV and the household devices. Let me try explaining it a little technically. It works in a very simple three-step format. If you want to add to your consumers on TV, we extract the IP out of it. Once we extract the IP, we are able to find out what are the devices that have given consent to advertising on that IP. Okay. So let's say there's a TV kept here, right? We extract the IP, we find out that there are five devices uh, that have given consent to advertising. And then because the entire medium is digital, we are able to retarget all those devices. This is transformational. This is possibly the first time a brand campaign top of the funnel has deterministically been connected to the bottom or mid funnel uh, activity. You are actually connecting uh, intent with desire and action. And this is basically HomeSync Plus. What is also interesting that comes out as part of the use case of HomeSync Plus is BLS. Compare it with traditional TV brand lift surveys. The ad is shown to many people and randomly out of an FFCG store, you are asked, do you re remember this brand, right? Uh, but in this case, you're showing your ads to, let's say 100 TVs, 400 devices, and you're actually running a brand lift survey on, if you're recording the audiences, you can actually run a survey on these devices. So with connected TV advertising, what I also want to highlight is that consider it as powerful as or, or having all those capabilities that a mobile device has today. Because it is digital, you can have multiple permutations and use cases around it. Yeah, I think that's the sentiment. I mean, uh, Jonas mentioned Magnite as well, Omnichannel. It's what he's is offering as well. So I think it's a... Uh... Yeah, uh, absolutely. Of the absolutely. And uh, while we will discuss the future, etc., I think this is something that is existing today in the market. Yes, this is evolving and the supply side is growing and the inventory uh, quantity is also growing. But as an industry, uh, it's something that uh, we can take pride in. Thanks, Abhi. Uh, Roxana, from a, a client perspective for CTV, is CTV something that you're going to actively uh, choose over other channels in the future? Is it a case where you're going to move budgets from one channel to another or additionally added to, to your media plan? I think it's going to be a, a mix of both. Um, as I mentioned uh, before, each channel for me in my marketing mix has a different role. 
Uh, yes, I started increasing the CTV budget. For me, it's the second campaign which is running as we speak on CTV. It's a big uh, learning for me moving forward. Um, I've done a lot of TV in the past, years of TV, so it's a good comparison for me to see the benefits moving one to another. All I can say is that I stopped TV uh, and uh, obviously I increased TV and while I'm learning, I'm sure I'm going to shift more budgets. And I think that this is a normal thing. Um, that the, the entire market dynamic is changing. The way consumers are, are reacting to our ads and it's it's, I would call it optimization rather than moving budgets to from one place to another. But um, moving forward, yes, I, I would see that. And not only for me, I think having a, a full funnel platform, um, having uh, the benefits of, of a large scale advertising platform with measurement tools in place and optimization is, is the future moving forward. Thank you. Um, and I suppose the last question to, to close it off. Um, Roxana, we'll start with you. What is the future? What do you see the future of uh, CTV advertising or CTV? The future so far, the, the consumers are moving, obviously, uh, to, to content consumption and uh, us as advertiser towards a granular approach to, to our market, uh, to our markets, right? And CTV meets them both. You can go as granular as you want. You are not wasting those, those impressions on, on TV, for example. Uh, and at the same time, you can be extremely relevant based on the content that people are consuming, based on, on their stage, on the behavior journey. You have all the tools in the world to, to be relevant, to optimize, to, to have the, the desired ROI and, uh, and, and to plan ahead in a better manner. Summer, what do you think the future is? It's going to be a long one, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think in all this conversation, we missed an essential piece, which is the consumer side. Let me try uh, talking a little bit about consumers as well when we talk about the future. Uh, in this region, uh, and this is very uni unique to this region, uh, around 65% of the population in most of the markets is less than 35 years of age. Look at what has happened to gaming market in Saudi Arabia, for example. It's growing at 40% CAGR. These are the young audience uh, are the audience who are cord cutters and not cord uh, nevers. These are the audiences who some of them would in five years time would have never even heard about traditional TV advertising. So from a consumer landscape, your audience is ready. That is what matters most, I think. Apart from that, if you look at the ecosystem variables also from a macro uh, lens, uh, the internet adoption in this region is possibly one of the highest, much higher than the evolved economies also, the uh, developed economies as well. Uh, the, the, the technology also is being invested in. So there is technology, there is uh, uh, consumer acceptance and there is infrastructure availability as well. There is no reason from the macro lens why this would not grow. Second, if we were to be looking, looking at micro lens also, and I can talk of that being one of the largest technology providers in the industry for connected TV advertising, we have seen the confidence increasing between quarter one and quarter three as we closed. We have seen the number of campaigns and proliferation across categories. We have seen government bodies coming to us asking for connected TV advertising, FMCG. We have also had cases of technology adoption within connected TV advertising. We have run BLS through uh, connected TV ad advertising. We talked about HomeSync Plus. So if you were to combine the macro and micro signals, uh, it's it's very strong. Also, I, I would like to possibly uh, take this opportunity to rephrase the question, uh, how fast will connected TV advertising grow? 
because character TV is going to explode. That's the writing of the of the wall, and we can with all of these signals that I talked about, we can very much build a very strong model to predict something based on what has happened in the evolved uh, or uh, developed economies. So I think uh, the only question that uh, stays with us is how closely are we collaborating within the industry to come understand and drive and build a very good business case opportunity out of connected TV advertising. I think it is very promising. Mazen, how about you on the agency side? Yeah. What's the future? Yeah, I think I think it does look promising. Maybe not as fast as we expect it to be. And I think when we did start this task force eight months ago, we were saying, you know, hopefully by the time we do this event, we'll see a lot of changes. We didn't see as much changes as we would like. There's some changes which I'll, which I'll talk about. It is definitely promising. Just looking at some of the international markets, you know, everyone's shifting from, you know, um, traditional TV to embracing uh, streaming platforms. Advertisers are starting to recognize the value of, of connected TV as an effective channel with more and more content being available through streaming platforms. This is will, this will obviously amplify and, and push the adoption. Uh, I think, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want to say next year will be a big year for CTV, but I would say in the next upcoming years, definitely in MENA, uh, CTV will be a big thing. I, I think the push will be, uh, you know, amongst the, you know, uh, OTT or CTV platforms that will start monetizing their inventory, especially the local uh, partners within the region. But it also has to do with, you know, um, some of the big uh, streaming giants like Netflix and Disney coming to this market. I think once they do arrive to this market, this will be a big a game changer. So, you know, today, um, CTV is exciting for clients. It's sexy. People want to test it out. I think, you know, uh, in the future, hopefully this is going to become part of, you know, advertisers, um, main, main part of advertisers, channel media mix. Hammers. Um, I'm I'm excited, but uh, maybe it's because I've been waiting, you know, seven to ten years for for this explosion <laughs> to come. But um, I know that it's going to take it a little longer than some people think. Um, I think that that we have to understand that we are very behind, and and there's obviously cons and there's pros. The pro is you have a roadmap that you can look at and you can follow. Um, but from the other side, I think it's going to take a little longer, especially in the premium space. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I might get in trouble for this, but we have to understand that uh, as us, for example, we are very happy. We have healthy, healthy quarterly growth on our streaming product. But the reality is, and I, and me and my team have this fight with agencies, Mazin knows this and clients every other day from the TV side of the business is, you know, the slide that Jonas put up, TV is dead. The reality is, and this, this is the wrong room to be saying this is, we are not in a region where you can say that. The reality is in this region, there are more people watching linear TV than are streaming. And we get very excited and we want to move and, and adapt. And we, we, we say things and we make statements that TV is dead. And that's not the case here. And, and I ask people, and I just ask this question all the time with agencies and clients to say, we're in a region where even with younger people, we have subscriber demographics uh, for, for, for our clients and we see people who are subscribing to linear TV and paying the bills themselves. Forget about the households that have the adults paying, but we, we, we see people with the ages of 25 and up even who are watching linear TV. And, 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 and this is what we say is, 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 is don't forget, and that's why I brought up uh, earlier, compare, don't compare CTV to linear, it's an evolution, is because Unfortunately, for many reasons, which will take hours if we get into now, but we didn't develop the linear TV landscape here properly for many reasons, and everyone in the industry is responsible. And and when I'm when I'm doing these trips, and uh, just recently I was in the uh, Google offices in Switzerland for the EMEA uh, CTV summit, which is a closed door panel 
or uh, a couple months ago when I met your team, you as well. When, when I tell people the realities in this market, when I explain the reach that linear TV brings you, when you tell them the consumption on linear TV, which is, again, some of the highest in the developed world, and then when you tell them the third, which is that we have the lowest, the cheapest TV spot rates, and then when you tell them that no one is coming and advertising or, or the ones who are advertising are leaving in droves, everyone's mouths drop. You, you're a team as well. Uh, or at the CTV Summit and Google, your heads of everyone as well, they, they're, they're shocked. And no one can explain this. And when you say, well, where are they going? They say, well, they say TV's dead. Well, well no, it's not dead. But, but this is the evolution. And all of us have a responsibility, and especially the media companies do. Um, from our side, we acknowledge that we're late to the game. But one of our excuses is that, well, there wasn't enough investment made on linear TV. And now we're having to bite the bullet and spend a lot of money on moving forward. So again, sorry for moving away in, into linear TV, but this is something that really needs to come out and we don't talk a lot about. And it needs to be understood. So again, like I said, excited, we're moving, uh, myself and my colleagues and competitors, we're definitely gonna be bringing a lot of products over the next uh, 12 to 24 months. But the reality is, you know, yes, you have high growth in internet, but it's still a problem in this region outside of Saudi and UAE and, and, and the GCC. So, so the reality is that we're waiting to see how we're going to be able to scale that up and what the reality is actually going to be. Thank you all, guys. It's been a journey to get here. So it's uh, the culmination, I guess. We'll open the floor to questions. You can ask questions. Um, you can ask Jonas questions. Yes, Kastan. <laughs> Hello, it's Michel Gebel from uh, GabNet. Just a question about measurements. Because how are we now in the measurement of the CTV in the region? Because this is what is missing. Because to, we can talk about pricing and everything, but if there is no measurement, how do you do it? I don't mind that can answer. Yeah, I, I think now, you know, from an advertiser perspective, just working with some of the CD partners, testing it out in the region here, you know, it's still basic measurement. Most of the time it's impressions, video views, you know, um, you, you, even now, now with Double Verify, which is an ad verification portal or an IS, they still can't really measure um, fraud and brand safety, at least not yet. Uh, you know, I think regardless of you mentioned that, you know, you can do it through, through uh, LG, but in, with other partners, I don't think this is a capability that's available yet. It's really not, unless you're doing probably YouTube um, on CTV purely, you can do that. But yes, it's still, sir, still very early days. I think until we form a unified ID uh, that allows you to essentially do frequency capping and actually measure reach, that would be a game changer. Right now, it's still very basic. It's impressions, views, and clicks if it's an interactive format. I mean, I can share some stuff international. So like I said in the beginning, we work with the most measurable media in the world, but we still can't measure it. So like, you know, you still have companies trying to figure it out. You know, some testing has been done in the UK with Nielsen, for example, with Barb, how you measure incremental reach, you know, negative reach on different kinds of screens. Uh, you're seeing that in the US where you had Roku go in and buy it, Nielsen Advanced Solutions to have the SDK in their CTVs to be able to measure incremental reach. Again, this is in testing. No one has figured this one out. The, the thing that has been very common is that the more information the publisher can pass in the RSS feed to the buyers, the better it's going to be. So that is my, you know, my uh, recommendation. Pass as much information as possible in the best possible way to the buyers for them to actually bid on that. It will be IP address. It will be potentially geolocation for now. 
incremental reason, things like that will come, but not until both sides come to an agreement. And that is probably not going to happen within the next five to 10 years, I'm afraid. Another thing to keep in mind is, again, CTV is the evolution of TV. So from a planning standpoint or reporting standpoint or a targeting standpoint, you have to keep in mind, it's great having all these digital tools, but you have to remember from a planning standpoint, and I think of this because I recently saw a brief where it, it just looked like a, they had copy-pasted a digital brief. And you can't because CTV, you have to remember, it's actually more like TV in the sense that it's large screen, multi-person environment. You have numerous people most likely there so be careful not to over target over segment and end up end up missing out on the potential inventory out there any other questions thank you <clears throat> guillaume from a company called harmonic uh, you, you talked about ctv uh, you emphasize on ctv and Jonas, you explain streaming tv so i just want to make sure when you have a player like osn you are available on an app on connected TV, but your, your app is also available on a mobile. Will be the CPM the same for you, Roxana, when you spend your money on a campaign on OSN, whenever OSN decide to, to, uh, to put ad on, the, on their platform? Will you be willing to pay the same CPM if the ad is served on the TV and on the mobile? Well, that that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely not. I sh I shouldn't do that, right? Um, no, I I don't want to do that. Definitely not. Follow up. So yeah, I just follow up to that. Yes, please. Uh, it's one of the findings we actually found. When we were talking with Jonas uh, recently, as uh, earlier as well. We saw that with the premium publishers, they actually tend to most of them, if not all, correct me if I'm wrong, they only sell their inventory blended. So you, you cannot go to the premium publishers and uh, the SVODs and only buy CTV or mobile or web. They only sell blended. Um, I can understand your point of view, obviously, but that's, that's what's happening for various reasons. But uh, just since you asked that question, uh, I thought I'd mention it. And I, I'll add, to that i think then it's important that we bring out the point of oem and programmatic here also because say for example if you're buying through lg ad solutions or if you're buying let's say through arabi ads on some of the direct oem partners you're actually guaranteed to buy it on tv but if you're aggregating it and buying it programmatically then it's always good to understand what percentage of your budgets are getting distributed on the device yeah yeah i think yeah to, to your point most publishers will would come and tell you, you know, these are the rates for CTV. They wouldn't tell you it's blended sometimes. And that's, a, that's something that I think publishers need to be very transparent about. If they're charging you a rate, they need to explicitly say what that rate is, is for. There are some unique cases where they would agree to sell CTV, by the way, but automatically when you tell them CTV, you see the rate going up by 30, 40%, which does make sense, right? Because you're moving from a one to one to one to a one to a household. It's a big screen, uh, it's long format, it's premium. It, it, it would naturally be a bit more expensive. Uh, now, how much more expensive it should be, you know, that's just up to the industry to, to decide. But yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that they should be equally priced, uh, in my opinion. And this is an also an area of our opportunity. 
opportunity for development, right? In terms of the tech investments or infrastructure and platform. Let's say today they are not able to segregate or quantify what percentage of your impressions are being served on CTV, any publisher. This is an area of learning and opportunity. And I'm sure three years down the line, if you're talking about this, this will not be a challenge. Yeah, so I had a fun conversation with uh, one of the guys at Pluto in the US. And he said, um, I said, how much of your supply is CTV? And he said, all of it. I was like, oh, everything is run on the big screen. It's like, no, it's not. And then after like 10 minutes, it's like, okay, I lied. It's only 65%. So 35 is running on mobile app. So then my question was, well, you paid all this money for producing this content or you buy this content and then you're going to run it on the screen towards an audience that the buyers want to buy. So my question to you, Roxanne, is you are on to buy an audience that you want to, it's going to buy your products. That audience and that user have specifically chosen a screen for a reason that, that suits them. The content is the same. Are you still not willing to pay the same amount for mobile as for CTV when that user is active and actively chosen that? Well, I don't want to pay definitely this, the same uh, the same uh, rate for both of them, especially if I run awareness campaigns, right? When I need a big screen, a big experience, I need to, to tell a lot about my, pro my product. On another hand, on the mobile, I think you can measure it a bit better and you can track the user a bit better, obviously, if they are logged in. So it has its own benefits. But when it comes about the rates, it shouldn't be weak, equal because the experience is completely different. And not many publishers are transparent uh, about that, right? It's just, as, as Mazen mentioned, it's just sold as a bulk and you don't know how much goes here and how much goes there. So I do think that the price have to be one price, but I agree, the transparency has to come from the publisher saying the campaign is going to be $50, but it's going to run 50-50 on mobile and CTV. That's the conversation needs to start. So the transparency and the honesty needs to start and then figure out a model from there. But I do think the blended approach is what is being used in EU5, as well as Asia, especially Southeast Asia, which is a mobile first market and pretty much no CTV penetration outside of Vietnam, uh, as well as US. So I think, you know, you have to start there, transparency and honesty, and then you can build the pricing based on that. But that's my... So, Roxanne, just on that cloud, do you have two different creators? One for mobile and one for CTV, for actual TV viewing? Yeah, sorry. So it's, would you have two different creatives? And then that's where you want to justify that my creative for mobile has a different type of messaging because the experience on mobile is different than the creative which is on TV. Because if it's the same creative, then you're not having a different experience. It's the same creative. Unless you're changing the creative, then I believe it's justified. But if it's the same creative, then why, why should it be? Oh no, it's not the same creative. This is what I was mentioning before, that I have to have a proper creative strategy in place. And it's all tailored by the, the phase of the funnel, right? If it's awareness, obviously I have a different message and a different format. If I get into consideration, it's going to be a shorter, yeah. different message. And then if I have a conversion, it's usually the, the small as the bumpers, as we call them, and it has a call to action proper to it. Um, not only this, but it also, uh, I'm going by different formats, right? I'm going for portrait formats, for landscape, for square and, and so on and so forth. So yes, the creative strategy is completely different. I'm not going to target with the same message, 
but obviously the, the creative would be kind of similar is going to be part of the same story but how i cut it and the call to action is going to be different across the each uh, yeah i agree with you on uh, on on you know having a proper marketing strategy we don't really see that very often with a lot of the marketeers who have the same creative and they plaster it across whether it's digital or whether it's tv so from a publishing standpoint and to justify that these are, we are going to price differently if i receive the same creative for you know mobile or tv then i don't want to give them different pricing i want to price the same because technically they're showing the same message but it's on a different um a, a different uh, receiver that, that you know different plat- it's the same platform but one is on tv and one is on mobile so i understand when somebody has done the the you know the consumer funnel they've decided that you know we we start with whether it's an awareness campaign or there is conversion or whatever definitely but when it's the same creative do you think i'm justified to charge the same uh, not even in that uh, in in that scenario i mean the mobile experience is completely different than the the web experience than tv experience so it shouldn't be the same definitely not but it's a profoundly wrong approach right having the same creative across the board and it became part of our i'm with you on on having you know from uh, from a marketing standpoint i i totally agree no, with the you the past shouldn't be different uh, should it should be should be different regardless because the experience is completely different and i'm sure one of of the platforms would uh, perform better than the other so this is where the unfair part will come i have a quick question back uh, you said mentioned on a publisher point of view so would you charge the same mobile rate that you would charge now for CTV? Well, that's what we're trying to understand. But it's, low, but it's lower. It's lower than than the what the market currently dictates, and it's it's uh, like a, what you pay on mobile is lower than than CTV. So it begs the question: if you're going to do it all at the same price, it has to be at a lower price point, no? Okay. So today we were discussing how we would price uh, the CTV, right? So there was lots of conversation is how do we price this? Do we price it like this? Do we follow international models? What do we benchmark it on? So my question is, and I'm here with you trying to figure it out. Do I do it this way? Do I not? If it's the same creative, do I, do I, do I charge the same or do I not? It, like, I don't have an answer for that. I'm actually asking the question to, to sort of get an answer. Yeah, I think, I think you're raising, a, you're raising a very good point. Um, you know, thinking about the creative on connected TV and on 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 a mobile, I think you have to go a bit more deeper into that. It's it's where you're placing the ad on mobile. It's what placement, what platform, because that dictates everything, right? Uh, if you're running in a placement that's not audible, you don't want to have a creative that you've invested a lot in an audible, and this happens a lot. You'd run a brilliant ad with amazing sounds, music, and then it runs in a placement that ha- that has a very low audibility. Surround, surround selecting the right creative in the right placement regardless of if it's mobile or it's connected tv so you know i would say like for like comparison would be running in stream on mobile versus the in stream on connected tv because they have very similar features in a way because it's audible on it's full screen experience you know there's a, there's a like for like comparison personally i think connected tv is justified to be a bit more expensive because of one main element which is attention and I don't want to move out from connected TV to attention. I'm going to be talking about attention more in the panel, but from Omnicom's perspective, we've done a lot of studies on attention uh, across different platforms, and we did this through eye tracking. 
We did a study across 4,000 users looking at the attention levels between different platforms, different placements, and guess what? Attention on TV was the highest, you know? Um, and that's, just, that's naturally why, regardless of the content, how good the content is, if, even if the content's the same, the attention levels are higher. And even on mobile, the attention might be high or low depending on the placement, not the creative. Creative plays a very big role, but the creative, there's a cap on how much uh, the creative can drive attention. And this is based on what platform you are on. If you're running in a scrollable form of media, no matter how good the creative is, you're probably going to skip it and you're going to watch it, right? Uh, yeah. I was just, I was just going to say, it, it, again, it depends on the content. And that's why we mentioned, we saw that it's only the premium publishers that are able to, to pass that and the clients are accepting. Because while, yes, of course, if with TV and big screen, it's, it's much better at the end of the day, but it depends on the content. If you have top tier content, then it doesn't matter what they're watching on, then you would be right. It's, they're going to be paying attention. Um, and so I think that's why the, even if you want to look outside, it's only the top tier uh, SFOs that are able to get away with that in terms of, of charging the same price. But there's valid arguments to both sides on this. Just, just one point to add. If you're looking at an omni-channel strategy like a TV with a mobile, then your planning in itself should take care of awareness and storytelling on one and action. Now, if both are separate, then the content on one should be different, the content on other should be different. But let's say, for example, a brand which is looking to create awareness, let's say, a green, green vehicle, right? Looking to create awareness around a product. They would possibly like to have consistency across all the channels in the early stages of electric vehicle launch, for example. In that case, your content could be very similar across the brands, across the channels here. Sure. Advertiser, when you guys are spending money on the creative front, uh, do you guys allocate the cost? Like, say, for a CTV, you got a new creative, created like maybe a small video versus the mobile one was different. How do you guys break that cost into the overall budget? So I'm saying, uh, as an advertiser, uh, Roxana, because you mentioned about creative being playing a very crucial role. So maybe the creatives that you got created for CTV would be very different to what you got for mobile or like desktop, how do you like plan out the cost, right? Maybe the CTV creative was cheaper, whereas the linear TV creative was more expensive. Do you guys also take into consideration the costing in those formats too? The creative cost is obviously, actually the creative cost is a, is a component of my budget, right? I work with an agency and now the agencies are used to this type of, of requirements and we all want to produce something which fits pretty much everything, to be versatile enough, to be adaptable for various platforms, right? And usually when I brief the agency, they are asking me, do you need, uh, what are your platforms you're trying to, to reach with this? And it's YouTube, it's CTV, it's this, is that. So by now, I think they are used to coming up with the right type of creative, which fits pretty much everything. Uh, also, um, they know how to design it in a way to be cropped to the to the right size, to the right format, and so on and so forth. So this is not a challenge anymore. We are used to it, and and we know how to produce it. There are lots of uh, IAB events, especially in uh, event season. Uh, keep an eye out in the emails and on the website. And uh, this is an active task force. It's the CTV one. There are many other task forces as well. You get emails saying which anyone in your company is like to sign up for them. And what we do after we produce a piece of work is that we, we regroup as a task force and decide based on learnings from this 
panel. What next we should do as IAB for CTV. So if you have any suggestions or you want to be part of the next wave, please do uh, participate or if anyone in your company as well would like to as well. Thanks again for coming.